Jeremy read um, Luke chapter 9, a few verses from there, where it talks about taking up our cross daily and following Christ. Um, and then it mentions how, you know, what, what good is it if we gain the whole world, you know, and lose our souls? So kind of remember that as we go through this lesson tonight as, as well. And, you know, we can read all through the Bible. Um, we read about all those that have gone before us. And Jim has mentioned, you know, those that we stand on the shoulders that have gone on before us and done such good things. And, you know, that we know they had a lot of struggles that they had to overcome. You know, that we know that we can read the Bible and see the struggles and some of the horrible things that these folks had to go through um, for being a Christian for doing what's right, for fighting for their faith, uh, and then protecting their salvation at all costs. I mean, whatever it took at all costs, they would protect their faith and their salvation. And many of them, as we know, would do that to the point of death. They would die at the hands of others. They would be martyred, you know, for their faith. And, I mean, you know, let's, the, the one that should jump out immediately in your mind is our Savior. I mean, look at Christ. You know, look at what we did. Look at what man did, you know, to our own, our own Savior. But then, you know, we can read through the Bible as well, and we're looking at other folks that are just looking after themselves. There's so many people that we can read about in the Bible um, that didn't really care about the spiritual side of things. They were just looking at, you know, things that they can do for show or impress people or for money. You know, how many people were try to do like today and, you know, try to fool people and do what they could um, to world to gain worldly uh, possessions. Not concerned at all about the truth, but they're just living their lives for the present, which think about how many people do that today, living their lives for the present and don't even understand the future and what it's going to bring. And a great example of this to me is Judas. You know, look at what Ju Judas did. Uh, he he betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver, you know, his own Savior. He, he betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And in Matthew 26, 14, starting in 14, it says that, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I, if I, deliver, over, if I deliver him over to you? What are you willing to give me? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Can you imagine uh, if man would do this to Christ? If man would do this to our Savior, what in the world do you think he'll do to us? What do you think man in general would do to us as Christians if that's what happened to Christ? What kind of traps and lies do you think the world is always trying to get us in? Always trying to pin us down and say, hi, oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, just for being a Christian, they try to get us in a position uh, that's, you know, that's not a good situation to be in, just for being a Christian. And if you saw the newsletter, you saw the title, and I just mentioned, is it really going to be worth all that? Is it really going to be worth it in the end? And think about that, too, as I go through this lesson briefly. Is it all going to be worth it, what we go through here this short time we're here uh, on this earth? I was talking to Eric before our service tonight, and 
Uh, as you know, Eric went to India and worked with um, a, a man over there named Manny on a mission trip. And we've talked about this before, and Eric gave a good update on it. But I always look forward to getting them emails from Manny because, man, it, it just every week or two, right, Eric, we'll get an email, and it'll say, more souls saved, more souls. And he'll have four or five up to almost 100 pictures of souls that are being saved in India. And just, I think, last month he sent one over and had 70, 70 souls saved. And, man, when them things come in, that you got to smile, and it makes you so happy when you see all them pictures of these folks getting baptized. And you're like, man, that's you just sit there and rejoice with them and, and so thankful for the good work that's going on uh, in India, which it is. And I always look forward to that and, and seeing it and, and hearing what's going on over there. But I got to tell you what, we got an email. It's been a little over a week now, I guess. I wasn't ready for it. There is no way you could have prepared anybody for the email that me and Eric got uh, on November 16th. And I just want to read it to you. It says, Dear Brethren, again, it went to me and Eric. It says, Christian woman lynched. And there was pictures, which that kind of set me back a few steps. And, you know, I'll never forget that. But it says, um, this dear sister was lynched by a radical mob. She was beat up mercilessly and hung to death. Uh, she, was known, she was known for bringing many to the Lord and for her work, especially among women, uh, widows, street kids, and orphans. She was a widow, but actively reached out to many of the un underprivileged and marginalized souls in the area. She even tried to reach out to her own Hindu family who abused and abandoned her just for being a widow and a Christian. Uh, please pray for us all, yours in Christ, Manny. I tell you what, that you, you can't be ready for you know an email like that and the pictures that came along with it, but Eric mentioned it tonight, and I'm going to mention it here. If we were to talk to this lady now and ask her, was it worth it? You know, was it worth all the time and the energy that she spent helping others and being abused and abandoned, you know, by her own family, you know, by standing firm in the faith? Was it worth it? What do you think she would say? I think she would say, absolutely, it was worth it. So today... What about us? Should we be fighting for our faith? Should we protect uh, our own salvation at all costs, just like this dear lady in India and all the faithful Christians that have gone on before us? And, of course, the answer is absolutely. We should be fighting. As Paul was training Timothy in his ministry, uh, we know he gave him a lot of advice, right? Part of his advice to Timothy was to pursue, pursue faith and fight the good fight of faith. He warns Timothy to stay away from the things of the world uh, that make men err from the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 9, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. First Timothy chapter uh, 5, starting in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. We also know Jesus talked about faith a lot with his disciples. In one account, you remember Jesus uh, was coming back into town to Capernaum. Uh, there was a ton of people there. And if you remember, there was a sick man in town. Uh, he had leprosy or palsy, and they just couldn't get him to Christ. Remember, there were so many people. So what did they do? They tore the roof off the building, and they lowered the man in uh, where he could be there with Christ. The sick man, they lowered him down through the roof. Uh, and then Mark recorded Jesus' reaction to this act of faith in Mark 2, 5. It says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Our faith is very powerful and worth every effort to keep strong and pure. Will it all be worth it? If we spend our entire lives here on earth fighting for our faith, spreading the gospel, giving of our time, giving of our money, doing all the things that we do for Christ and for the church. Will it all be worth it in the end? Will heaven be worth it? You know, will heaven be worth it? We'll read an article that kind of goes along with this, so just bear with me and let me read this to you. I thought it was pretty, pretty neat. What if I could tell you credibly that I had free airfare for you to fly to a unique island when you step off the plane, you will be in a garden paradise. Its temperature is a constant perfection. Its beauty is beyond comparison. Its amenities are luxurious. Its activities are enjoyable and meaningful. How much would such a trip be worth? On the island, the singing is amazing. Perfect voices, perfect pitch, the perfect harmony will leave you longing for more. You will be given keys to your own mansion, a lifetime supply of delicious food and gorgeous clothing, a crown, and a crown to wear. All of your debts will be paid, and you will become an instant billionaire. You will never have to work again. No sweating under a hot sun. No toiling until your muscles ache. No long meetings or stressful deadlines. It is not a vacation. It is a transfer. Um, it is a transfer. It does not end. It will not, it will not become a fond memory lost in the busyness of a hectic return to reality. It is reality. The stressful life becomes the fa a fading memory. On this island, there, are there is absolute safety, serenity, and security. No armies rattle sabers. There are no tanks, jetter fights, warships, or nuclear weapons. No violent person lives on the entire island. All citizens are peace-loving. Doors have no locks, windows no latches. Mansions, no burglar alarms. Premises, no security lights. The island has no guns, no jails, no police force, no backlogged courts, 
no drug pushers, pedophiles, carjackers, or robbers. There are no hospitals, no doctor's offices, no pharmacies. You will never need their services. There are no pills, shots, slings, wheelchairs, crutches, casts, glasses, dentures, hearing aids, or canes. When you step off the plane, if you have cancer, it will be cured. If you struggle with heart disease, the effects of a stroke or lingering results of an injury, these will disappear. If you had a handicap, it will be removed. The blind sees, uh, the island's beauty, the deaf hears its songs, the crippled walks in its streets, the mute praises its maker. You will never hurt again, no groans, grimaces, pain relievers, chiropractors, or pain clinics. If you are old, your youth will be restored. You will never be sad. One day you will think, I can't remember the last time that I was unhappy. You will face no anxiety, tears, discouragement, or despair, depression, troubles, sorrows, or, or unhappiness ever again. You will experience constant laughter, joy, release, ease, and elation without limits, without end, and without interruption. You will meet grand heroes of the past, Abel, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Ruth, David, Elijah, Isaiah, Esther, Daniel, Mary, Peter, John, Paul, and Barnabas all live on this island. You could live next door to any one of them. You might even have lunch with one of them or one after another day after day. You will be met by Christian loved ones you had long missed, a mother possibly, a father, a brother, a sister, a grandparent, friend, teacher, or neighbor, and as ancestors you never knew you had dreamed of meeting. They are all alive, perfectly healthy, and completely happy. You will live forever in perfect health. There are no funerals, funeral homes, caskets, cemeteries, granite markers, or plastic flowers. Your body will not age, your eyes will not grow dim, your hearing will not diminish, your tongue will not stammer, your skin will not wrinkle, your hair will not thin, your hand will not tremble, your step will not falter, your energy will not wane, your mind will not slow, there are no broken bones, skin, knees, or bruised bodies. You will meet the king of the universe, the maker, redeemer, savior, and father, and his son, Jesus. They wait for you there. You will bask in their light, glory in their beauty, and worship their holiness. Your family and friends may join you at any time. There are tickets for them. You can live together forever. There is an open invitation and plenty of room. Everyone who has a ticket is welcome. So how much would a ticket to such an island be worth? A million dollars? A billion dollars? A lifetime of preparation? How much abuse would one take to go there? Could any price be too high? That sounds pretty cool. That sounds like somewhere I'd like to go. I don't know about you. That's where I want to be uh, forever. Um, of course, that would be heaven. And I think everyone here tonight uh, would agree with that. That's definitely somewhere we, we all want to be. Real quick, a couple more little things. We'll go back to the scripture that, that we started with back in Luke 9. Christianity begins with self-denial, of course, and taking up our cross and following Christ. Um, but some of us, you know, not all of us, but there's some, and there's going to be some even after us, uh, there's going to be a lot of objections um, becoming a Christian. A lot of friends and family, just like the lady that we read about, there's going to be a lot of abuse 
A lot of people is going to abandon you and just set you to the side. But thankfully, God, he knows our pains and our struggles. He'll never abuse us or abandon us. He's always going to be there for us. Only thing he asks is for us to live our lives for him. And he's always going to be standing there waiting for us to present us with our reward in heaven. Revelations chapter 2 and verse 10, we have Christ here tells the church in Smyrna, in the last part of the verse, it says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. God's not inviting us to live in some little shack on the backside of heaven or, you know, to second class anything in heaven. Um, as the song that we sang and what we read, you know, in Revelation 2, um, the crown of life, there's a mansion waiting for us, a robe and a crown, uh, just waiting for us. And it's only the best that's waiting for us. So in closing, will this all be worth it? Well, this short time here on this earth, is it going to really be, be worth our life in heaven? So if anyone has a need, please let it be known as we stand and sing. <laughs>